Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of the Coach's Edge. Thank you for joining me today. On today's show, I talk with Coach Anthony Troshak on one of my most favorite, favorite topics, youth basketball program. First of all, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that you're celebrating, it's an exciting time of year. And it's an exciting time of year because a lot of teams are kicking off their youth basketball program as well. Now, I've been a part of programs where it was more of a fall program, programs where it was more of a January, February. This year, the program that I'm directing, it's a January, February season. And so Coach Troshak and I share some of the things that we found beneficial, some of the lessons that we've learned from running youth basketball programs over the years. And we really talk about the development in this episode from first grade all the way up to sixth grade, from the buildup of the skills, from the balancing of the skills and the fun. We talk about some of the scheduling as far as practices and games and what those actually look like. We talk about the importance of making kids feel included feeling valued, having a presence and a positive attitude in everything that we're doing, and much of the staying organized aspect from having someone as a varsity basketball coach, someone who could be the youth basketball director, and also what are those coaches doing? Do you have high school players coming in and they're the coaches? Do you have volunteer parents? And how can we do a better job of communicating to them what is asked to them so that everyone gets the very best experience from their youth basketball? This is the thing. Youth basketball, it's about fun and it's about development. When those kids leave that program in six weeks, eight weeks, four months, whatever that program is, did they get better? Did they have fun? Did they feel valued as an individual? Do they feel better as a kid, as a person, because they were a part of your youth basketball program? If you can say yes, if you can check those boxes, in my opinion, you've succeeded with your youth basketball program. And I hope this episode helps you. If you have questions, reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com, at Coaches Edge one on Twitter. More than happy to talk about youth basketball programming with you. Thank you for listening. I know it's a very hectic, busy time of year. Uh, so I certainly appreciate you listening to the Coaches Edge podcast. Let's get to the show. I'd like to give a warm Coaches Edge welcome to Coach Anthony Troshak. Coach Tro, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, good topic that I uh, definitely passionate about, and I know uh, coaches will benefit from your knowledge of this topic. So looking forward to kind of discussing youth basketball with you. I've texted with a handful of coaches on this topic, and they didn't request it, but I'm going to be texting this audio to them because uh, they've, they've been asking me a bunch of questions as they head into the winter about their youth basketball league, their youth basketball program, some things that they should do really focusing on sixth grade level and below. And, um, you know, personally, this is a, a passion for me, youth, for, for whatever reason, with, with who, I, who I am, I love that junior high youth basketball. There's so much growth that we can get in that area. Uh, but with that said, as a high school basketball coach, most of us have a youth basketball league and you've coached for, for a decade. You've run this program, you, a youth basketball program. So I'm excited to ask you um, some of the things that you've learned and some of the processes that you've put in place to run a, a strong program when you were at 
uh, Brown City Schools. And then we can dig into some of the things that uh, we can we can go on from there. Um, one thing that I've learned is being down in South Carolina, most of the schools and none of the schools that I'm associated with have a youth basketball program. It doesn't start until seventh grade. All youth basketball leagues are run by community centers, YMCAs, RECs. And so everything is very kind of sprinkled out. And if, if there was one thing that I feel like um, could be used for programs locally and, and maybe in this entire state to really bump ahead from the competition is if the varsity coach started to install a lot of the youth basketball league and systems that I've seen put in place in Michigan and Ohio and some of the other stops that I've been in. So coach Stroh, you've been in Michigan, obviously running a youth basketball program is essentially part of the deal when you become a, a varsity basketball coach. So I'll ask you first, what are some of the, the biggest must haves when it comes to running a youth basketball league? Uh, help. You have to have good quality help. Um, and whether that's parents, um, your assistant coaches, your junior high coaches, or your players, um, you need to be organized and have them all on the same page um, because it's really tough to try to tackle a lot of that stuff on your own and you're just going to burn yourself out with your season going on at the same time. So help and kind of in line with those help is communication to that help um, and basically saying, you know, what do you guys need from me? As the head coach of a program, what do you need me to do? Do you need me to give you drills? Do you need me to organize gym time? And then kind of see where they're at. Um, so I think that communication piece is huge. Um, and then you can communicate to those coaches, those helpers, what you want out of them. So whether it's showing them some drills, um, you know, send them a clip um, um, of a drill that you think they could be used with youth. Um, I think that's extremely beneficial in your, in your youth program. And then it's nice to just get out there and to, to hang out with the young kids. Like you mentioned, they're just, they're just full of joy. They love the game. They're there to be with their friends. They're there to have fun. So it is a fun experience and it should, that's how it should be. And it should be all about, you know, them developing, um, you know, with you doing, um, youth programs what do you think are kind of the most important things in those programs that you from your experience whether it was your time at USA or your time now in South Carolina yeah I mean I've been fortunate um man I've traveled all over the place and, and even being involved with some stuff in Germany when I was playing um but USA had the best at that time it was the best youth basketball program in the Thumb area Michigan moved down to Ohio um, worked with two different programs with their youth basketball, whether that was actually running a lot of their programs for them or just to, like you talked about, helping coaches, giving them kind of some insight of how some things might learn, uh, might run, but also being able to see how have they done their program over the years and what are some things that I can learn and take away. And so I've learned a lot from all these different coaches as well. Um, the, the biggest thing for me to try to emphasize is fun and development. And I think that at a young age, if we don't get these kids involved in the game where it is fun to play, they are excited and fired up to be in the gym. You mentioned the, the joy that kids have at, at that young age. We need to keep that and we want to keep that moving on. And so to be able to emphasize the, the fun in the fundamental, I know that's corny, but it's a development league 
with the emphasis on having fun. So are they having fun? Are they learning more about the game? And are they getting the chance to, to play and to compete and to develop? And so really it's, it's those three things, right? Are they, are they having fun? Are they learning the game? And are they having the chance to, to play, develop, to grow, to, to get better? And if you can say yes and, and check those boxes, I think we're doing some really, really good things moving forward with our youth basketball program. Now you're right on the money with, with the involvement. And I would take it even one step further with, you know, the varsity coach is the head of the program, the basketball program. You mentioned parents, coaches, players, uh, the importance of communication. And I would say as a varsity coach, can you get a community member who can lead this charge for you and pay them? And maybe it's just like a thank you of like, hey, here's 500 bucks, something like that. But to put somebody in charge where they can be the person that is the go-between from the parents, the coaches, the players, and yourself as the coach. So you're not having to be the one who's constantly sending out every single email, who's you know the one that is responsible to, to open up the gym in the morning. No, you're going to go to the gym and check things out, but you don't have to be there to, to kick it off. Find a good, solid person in place. This is one of the most important people in your basketball program, in my opinion, if you can find it. A lot of coaches do not have this person. I think this is a missing link for a lot of programs. If you're a coach and you want to take your program and not just be good this year, but you want to be successful 5, 10, 15 years down the road, is start to develop a system where there's an extra person within your program in place. They are just as valuable as your assistant varsity coach, and they can help uh, work with everyone to make this program program run. Yeah, to have a youth coordinator is would be huge. Um, that is, you know, that's the dream uh, to have somebody that can handle that. And you said they're important. I, I would argue that they might be one of the most, if not the most important pieces of that program um, because they handle so much. Youth basketball is, is a beast in itself from organizing, you know, the tournament or the dates that you host for your league to organizing gym times for practice. There's, there's a lot on your plate that's brought on by youth basketball. So if you can somehow delegate that or have a youth basketball coordinator, whew, it's a game changer right there. So now let me ahead. ask you. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we're, go, you go, because I'm going to probably switch topics with my question a little. So go ahead. Okay. So what I, what I was going to ask you was, and this is switching topics slightly, but how do you go about or what has your system looked like when you were the varsity coach at Brown City Schools, you had a, a well-attended youth basketball program there. What were some of the systems and structures that you put in place to make that happen? So we had a K-2 program, um, both boys and girls, that I ran, um, and I'd have help from mainly the boys program, high school players, and parents. And if a parent that I felt, you know, would do a great job with that um, and wanted it, they, they would help out or take it over. Like last year, our superintendent, when I was at Brown City's, Neil Kohler took it over. He's coached at the youth levels for multiple years. So he, he kind of took that over last year and there was a COVID year. So it was, it was crazy anyway. And then there'd be third and fourth grade um, kind of group. And how we used to do it is before Christmas break was all in-house. 
So we would have about 45 minutes of skill work ran by myself or the JV coach, um, who was also my assistant for a couple of years. Um, we do, he would usually, he did fourth, third and fourth, sorry. And I would, I did fifth and sixth. And so we would each do 45 minutes of, you know, instructions followed by about 45 minutes of three on three. And that was all in-house and the coaches of the three on three were the high school players. So I had the high school players help out before Christmas break. And then after they didn't have to help as much their seasons rolling. I understand they got a lot going on. Um, a couple of things that I really liked was the high school coaches coaching three on three team. So I ran the fifth and sixth two years ago. And when we got to three on three, we had them play for the first week. And then we went into like this room and we like drafted. Like we had our war room and like the kid, the high school kids loved it because now they're coaching a team and they're super excited. And you mentioned fun um, and you mentioned development. They're going to listen to those high school players probably more than they're going to listen to myself. Um, and they're going to have a lot of fun with those high school players. Um, so we we had a couple of weeks. I think it was two or three weeks of, of three on three play. So we'd go 45 minutes instruction, you know, 45 minutes of three on three play. And then we had a tournament that last week um, before Christmas. And then after Christmas, they would have weekday practices and they would um, they'd have a, a parent that coached them, like a third and fourth grade team, a fifth and sixth grade team, depending on the numbers. And then they would start playing in their league. So my end for third through sixth was all handled before Christmas break. After that, it was uh, we would have a host date. So I'd have to set up, you know, the officials, the concessions, and host that date. We'd have one for third and fourth and one for fifth and sixth. Um, but what I was going to ask you, and I think coaches would benefit from, is how how do you, you know, we mentioned fun and development. How do you have fun with these players? What are some things you've done that the players really like? And also, how do you, in, you know, gauge that they are improving and having fun? Listen, coach, you got to have a, a – a, a little swag about you. You got to have a little confidence about you. You got to, you got to, you can't just act like you want to be there. You got to want to be there, right? That's the biggest thing. When you walk into a gym or when you walk into a room and those little kids look at you and they're excited to be there, but maybe they don't know you or, or they're a little bit scared of you. Oh, that's, a, that's the varsity basketball coach or whatever it might be. When they look at you and they see that you are glad to be there, that is where it starts. That is where it starts. And things will get so, so much easier because of that. Because listen, I could do the same drill that someone else does, but the way that I carry myself with my body language and with the words that I use, and I'm fired up for this drill. I am excited for this passing drill where we're working on a pass fake and then a pivot. And then we make the bounce pass to each other. You could do that same drill and it could suck <laughs> because you're just kind of doing it. Right. But if I'm there, I'm excited to do it. I want to do that. I know if we practice this and we go hard, we're going to get better at it. It's that type of vibe that your kids pick up, right? So it, it's not so much the drill. And we have a bun, bunch of fun drills. We'll play ball handling tag and we'll get balloons out where they're dribbling and they're popping the basketball up and we'll have layup competitions and just different types of, of races. Kids love races, right? And yep. You ball handling and play the sharks and minnows game, but it's all with ball handling. Like we could go on and on with the drills that we could do. It's great. But if you don't have that vibe and that swag of how much, you want to be there, 
it's not going to work. When you walk in, when you coach, when you coach somebody, then you can look into their eye and they look back at you and they can tell that you have their best interest in mind. Good things are going to happen. Because as a coach, I may not have all the answers and I may not use all the best drills and chances are when we do it next year, I'm going to be a heck of a lot better at what we're doing than we're doing now because I got a whole nother year of learning under my belt. But because that kid understands that I want them to have fun, I want them to learn, I have their best interest in mind, really good things will happen. Not might happen, they will happen. That's where, where it starts. It starts with that coach, whoever is, is leading that program you got to be all in, which is why that person is so, so hard to find. And it's why that type of person within your program is so, so very important. Now, you talked a little bit about the development aspect. I mean, I put together a little development chart of the skills that we want players to have. And as, as we're talking here, in my mind, I'm thinking of that first through sixth grade uh, range before kids really start to get into to seventh grade and, you know, start to play for their school team. But let's just think about it. I'm going to throw a couple, couple things at you. You can share like for a first and second grade, do they understand what a stance looks like? What, you know, lateral slides look like defensively having two hands out would be a couple things at the first and second grade level. Our kids should be able to, to understand that. If it comes to shooting at the first and second grade level, I love that you mentioned uh, lower hoops, I don't know if you mentioned smaller basketballs. I think that's a huge one as well. Um, but to be able to say, hey, at first and second grade, I'm not going to work on the one-hand layups, one-footed layups. Like, let's just get a base. Let's talk about stance, good wide base with, with two feet. And maybe they can't get the basketball up there correctly with a, a shooting position, but it doesn't mean we can't talk about hand placement on the basketball, right? So do they understand some of those things already? Can, can be vital. With ball handling, low and wide, right? As you mentioned, follow the law. And we're always talking about being wide. And I think being wide in a lot of ways, it's automatically going to make us lower. We drop those hips back. We're already going to be low. But being wide is huge when it comes to, to ball handling and defensively as well, just working on changing direction. Being able to understand, okay, can our kids dribble the basketball up and down with either hand? And can they dribble on the move? And at the first and second grade level, if they can understand, okay, I have a base about myself, I can dribble with my right and my left hand, I can dribble on the move with my right and my left hand. And now I'm starting to kind of develop a checklist for what I want my players to be able to, to have and own at different grade levels. Now, understanding, of course, there is no, uh, this isn't black and white because kids are going to develop at different paces. Uh, kids are going to spend different amount of time in the gym and kids have a different amount of instruction that is given to them at home. So all of this is going to, to vary some things, but as you build on that, okay. So we talked about shooting. We talked about some two foot layups and some hand placement and understanding that at the first and second grade level. Well, if we have that accomplished by the time they get into third and fourth grade, okay, we can, we can go off of two feet. We understand what a jump stop is. We probably start to implement some one footed type layups. We've already talked about our, our hand placement on the shot. And can we start to differentiate maybe what a, a shooting stance would look like compared to what a, a finishing stance might look like, even a wider base, right? A lot of times when we shoot, our feet might generally be, say, shoulder width. But a lot of times when we finish, our stance is going to be wider than shoulder width. There's going to be more contact. 
involved. So we're slowly starting to progress and build kids uh, based on their level. And all of our coaches edge members get like all these, the PDFs and the development, all the charts, so they can mess around and look yeah, at that as well. Just going to mention that, that I uh, recently looked at the youth basketball camps um, under program development on the coach's edge and it, it's skills to cover. And you did a phenomenal job of breaking those down at what, you know, grade levels or ages that they, you should cover them, uh, how to implement them into camps. And this isn't just summer basketball camps. This is your youth basketball program that coaches can use this for. Um, and that was the first time I really looked into it. And I, I took, you know, a lot of stuff from it. And I've been doing youth basketball programs for 10 years. And I was like, man, should have been doing this 10 years ago. This is brilliant. Um, so it, it's really good stuff. Um, you know, the breakdown of the skills and I, you know, uh, fully, you know, can attest to you and your energy at camps and that fun part that you mentioned you, you know, when kids walk through the door, you know, their name, you're fist bumping them. You know, it's like, they're the, it's like they're the only player in the gym when they walk through the door. And another thing that I think it's beneficial for coaches to hear that you do a wonderful job is the balance of skills and fun. So I, I really think you do a good job, especially with the younger kids of teaching them some skills, repping that skills. Now let's put it into something that's, you know, a little more competitive or a little more game-like that the kids are going to enjoy. So it's never, there's never a point where I've been at any of your camps or any of your clinics where I'm like, oh, this is too long. I think the kids are getting a little tired of this. It's you're always on to the next thing and you're keeping it fresh. And I think that's important for young kids um, to see and have that balance of I'm working on skills, I'm getting reps, but then now I'm moving on and using these reps in like a fun, like a relay or a finishing drill or more game-like. So that's something that can help coaches out there um, as far as youth basketball. I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because that was one thing that I maybe I didn't mention enough was as I've communicated with different varsity coaches about their programs, a lot of times they're, they're really separating the skill development and the competition. And I encourage them not to do that. We can compete in a shooting drill, in a ball handling drill, in a passing drill, in a defense drill. Do we have to all the time? Of course not. And I wouldn't recommend it competing all the time. But kids came to play, right? They came to get after it and to compete. And so we're not going to save the competition for when we go three on three or five on five. We're going to be competing the entire time. They have more fun when they're competing. Right. So it's not just learning how to win and how to handle, you know, if your team loses, but it's being able to make it more fun because there's a competitive game with a ball handling drill. There's a competitive game with the shooting drill, with a passing drill, a footwork drill, uh, whatever that might be. Like one of the simplest drills we have with our youth basketball is called the countdown ball handling drill. Kid gets in a, a wide base and we say, OK, we're counting down. And we're going to use a crossover to help us count down. So they'll pound the dribble, let's say, with their right hand five times, and then they cross over to the left. Now they'll dribble and pound it four times with their left hand, cross over. Then three-pound dribbles with the right hand, cross over. Two-pound dribbles, cross over. One-pound dribble, cross over. And I say one and then none. So there's zero dribbles. It's just immediate crossover. So that's six crossover dribbles, counting down from five to zero, and so do we work on our stance? Yes. Do we work on a right and left hand dribble? Yes. Do we work on our crossover? Yes. And you could have made that boring or you could make that fun. We're just trying to make it fun. We're competing. And the, the benefit of doing a bunch of stuff like that is because when you play in the games, coach, 
and and you can talk as, as well as anybody about youth basketball at the youth basketball level, the bigger, stronger, faster kids dominate. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to give everybody the chance to get some of those wins and to see some of their improvement through some of these skill development games that we're going to play, allow them to feel like they're more included, allow them to feel when they leave, hey, I got some, some wins. I, I got better and I got my time or my score was, was better or faster or higher than the last time compared to uh, when we played the five on five game. Well, I didn't really get to shoot it much. I shot two shots. I missed them both. And if that was the only time that they competed, they might leave and have a, a little bit of different taste in their mouth. So uh, it's really important that we sprinkle in the competitions and the wins throughout our workout with our players. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely good to um, when they leave that they feel good about themselves. Whether it's those those drills, but they feel excited about being there. Mm -hmm. Whether it's those drills, whether you hand out a reward at the end or you tell each coach, "Hey, you need to go around and tell four players something they did well tonight." Yeah, today, huge. You know, that's huge. It's it's huge because they leave. You know. Oh, I did that. Uh, the coach saw that, and it's a high school player. I would do that with, uh, you know, when, three on three teams. I say you'd have to, you have to go around each player that you coach today, tell them one thing that they did really well, um, you know, and then we'd even go tell them one thing that they can prove on the next time, um, you know, things like that. But you know, when they leave, when they leave, you know, that that session, you want them to be excited about the next time coming back, and that's just one way you can do that. Um, I forgot to mention, I really like how. You, you use music with, with the younger kids too. That's just huge. I feel like just having fun. If a coach is out there and you know, you're looking to spice up your youth basketball, just play some music. Simple as that, yeah, you know, simple hip bop, man. Everyone just loves music. <laughs> there would be kids dancing in the corner. Uh, one, one year of basketball game, we had a full out, uh, we had like a dance competition because we were playing music and the kids had moved. So I'm like, all right, we're stopping camp. We're stopping camp right now. Let's have a dance competition. Mm -hmm. um, so that just is, something I just thought of when you were mentioning fun and the enjoyment part of uh, youth basketball. I'm glad you mentioned it because having, having some tunes on is, is key. And that's definitely uh, makes things fun, especially as kids, they might be waiting for their turn or something like that. Um, so they can stay engaged and involved through music as well. A um, couple other things that I wanted to touch on, is there something that you would recommend all the coaches communicate and give to the parents as they're preparing to come to this league, just like general information, what's things that you would make sure the parents knew? Uh, big thing is, you know, where to look for communication to parents. Um, so if you're running a youth basketball program, what's your main form of communication? Are you using Facebook to get stuff out to parents or using remind? Um, that way parents know where to look if there is, you know, bad weather or if there's a change in schedule. Um, anything along those lines, I think, is huge to get to parents um, that the coaches should be. And then also, I think it's important that the parents know why we're running this youth program and kind of talk to them about why this league is you know, ran. We're out here to have fun. We're out here to develop um, because parents can get carried away, you know, just like coaches can get carried away. And really, we got to have everyone on the same page as we're here to have fun and we're here to get better. Before we get back to the episode, I want to thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you find this episode beneficial, 
please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a really long way as we continue to build the Coach's Edge. And most of all, share this episode out with someone else who you think also may find it beneficial. That's what the Coach's Edge is all about, trying to give you an edge, an advantage. Let's get better together. Back to the show. What about you? What do you think is important for the parents to understand or kind of get in their hands? I love that. And actually, I so I'm running a youth basketball league that runs January and February of this winter, which I'm really, really excited about. It is a first through sixth grade league, and we'll break them up into different age groups um, this winter. But it's a I want to emphasize to the parents, this is a teaching league. The, the goal is development. It is not winning. It does not mean we're not going to compete. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have a winner and a loser. Of course we are. But the, the goal is not that your team is undefeated at the end of the season. It is a teaching-based league. Those kids need to understand the game better when they leave than when they came there on the first week, that they had fun, they improved development. That is the, that is the goal, developing as players, developing as people. Now, one of the structures that we've we've put in place, and I got this from uh, way back when I got back from Europe and we were working with our USA basketball program was, um, let's say we have a six-week, it might be a little short, but let's just say we have a six-week winter basketball program for youth kids. And the first week or two will be time to evaluate, time to have practice, um, run the skills and drills, also give your chance uh, to, to see the coaches and evaluate some of the coaches that you have. And then the remainder of those weeks would be involving a game. And so what we did, because we really emphasized practice and development much more than we did the games. If we had, say, first and second graders come in for six weeks and they were only coming in for an hour on Saturday, those first two Saturdays, it was going to be all practice. And we might throw some scrimmaging games in there, no, no doubt about it. But it was all based on teaching, developing the game. And then the last four weeks, we were going to have a game. But we got an hour to work with, right? We're not going to play an hour-long basketball game. So we would divide that up. And again, when they came in on that third, fourth, fifth, and sixth Saturday, that first half hour was going to be a practice. We're working on our skills, some fundamentals. A lot of times I would have a skill theme for that. So it might be, okay, we're really going to concentrate on ball handling. We're really going to concentrate on passing this Saturday or defense or shooting. And then that second half of that practice, we're turning it more over to that specific coach. We're going to play our game. We're dividing up. We're keeping score. We have an official. We have, as you mentioned, the high school players uh, coaching each team. And then we're playing. And what we're doing this year, uh, which we did a couple of years ago before the pandemic is we're going three on three. We're going half court. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits to playing half court. Generally, you got 12 kids playing at the same time instead of 10. You're not wasting the up and down time going up and down the court. Kids aren't going to disappear as much because if I have the basketball, there's only two options to pass to instead of four. So kids aren't getting getting lost. They're feeling much more included. And what I've noticed having done this a year already is there's just so many more game-like repetitions because there's no transition of waiting for that second grade kid to dribble the basketball all the way down to the other end of the court. And like the gym that we're using this year, it's a full-size high school court. 
it would take a long time if we were playing full court for that kid to get all the way down to the other end. But we got like the hydraulic rims. So those babies can come down as low as we need to. We're playing half court games and those kids are going to get a ton of repetitions in actual gameplay. And the only thing that they're missing out on for the most part is that transition of zipping up and down, which to me, a lot of times is can be a time wasted. Oh yeah. You, you hit it. You know, you want kids to have repetition. You want them to have the ball in their hands or be involved in an action where they're, you know, involved with a pass, a cut, you know, defending that um, because, you know, ultimately that's how they're going to improve. Um, if you're just going five on five and so much is lost in transition, like you mentioned, um, and usually it's transition, 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 shot, transition, transition. It's, it's turnover, turnover, turnover. So I, like you said, I'm a huge fan of, of the way you're doing things. And I think that's a smart way to do it. What's something that you try to emphasize and communicate to your coaches? Again, a lot of these coaches that you have are your varsity high school players. It's not like they have all this coaching experience themselves. What are some of the things that you make sure they're trying to carry out during the season? Um, besides the things that we talked about, which is, you know, have fun, be energetic, you know, when <laughs> have fun with the kids and help them develop. But I'm trying to like have them do the drills, especially when we're going like 45 minutes of some drills, which we compete. We do the competition ball handling stuff. And then 45 minutes playing is like, how can you emphasize what we used and how can that transfer into that gameplay? So if you're a high school kid and we worked on, you know, passing and cutting in a drill, all right, you need to coach them up and passing and cutting. So really to have those players engaged and, you know, transfer what we've practiced into the games and also to tell them, like, you're not going to be able to teach them everything. They're not at the same level as, you know, a high school player. So sometimes that's tough for the high schoolers to help out. Um, so I just say, hey, you know, just keep it simple. Try to focus on one or two things. Um, for each each session, each game that you have, maybe it's just passing, maybe it's seeing your man in the ball on defense. That's all. Of the, you know, maybe the coach just focus on that one thing that that um, that game. I love that picking uh, picking emphasis. Um, I'll add a couple that aren't as basketball related. Um, so, like this year, I'll have a, what I call I call it a coaching checklist, and I'll just give that checklist to every coach. Um, cause what I found was we had coaches come in two years ago and they were there, but they didn't necessarily know what they should be doing with, you know, any dead time and, and things like that. So for me, I, I was very specific. Like I want you to show up at this time. If the tables aren't set up, it's in a bullet point. We want to set up the tables. We want to set up the scoreboards. We want to set up, we want to make sure the name tags are out for the kids. Um, we're going to have cones this day. So make sure if we're going to use that, the cones are set up, make sure you're wearing basketball attire. You're not wearing flip-flops and pajama pants. Right. <laughs> um, so things like that, like I'm putting it down. I am emphasizing. These are some things that need to make happen. I would also put down and emphasize to our coaches specific things that you as a varsity coach, or a, a, as an adult who's in your 20s, 30s, 40s, might think, oh, this is common sense. It's not common sense to a 16 or 17-year-old kid, but you're giving them a lot of responsibility to coach a handful of kids 
their parents are in the stands, their grandma and grandma came in to watch that kid play this Saturday. So it's on, like this is a big deal, right? And so emphasize, make sure every kid is getting an equal opportunity to play. They're playing in both halves, no matter what. If someone looks confused, help them out ASAP. <laughs> They're probably not going to figure it out on their own when it is something such as what hoop am I supposed to be at right now? Like there's plenty of playing through mistakes when we're playing basketball. There are plenty of times when kids need some direction as far as where to go, when to do it, what line to stand in, perhaps help them right away. Jump in the drills, jump in the drills, do the things with the kids, demonstrate, walk through them, be a part of it. Don't stand back, be in the court, be in the game. I can't emphasize that enough because we've got so many kids who are just coaching and they're back, 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 back. Get in there with the kids, be on the court, do it. Here's one that was really big for me. Are your high school kids introducing themselves to the parents? When those parents walk in the gym, is that high school coach not only saying hello to the kid, but are they saying hello to the parents? I think that's huge. And especially for programs that are trying to build a, a culture, you obviously want to get those parents to come and check your games out on a, a Friday night or whatever that might be. Introduce yourself, right? Show, show as a varsity coach, you, your kids are on stage, right? They're on stage. So again, like I said, I don't want them wearing flip-flops and pajama pants. I want them to to be a player. I want them with their basketball shoes on, right? I want them out demonstrating with the kids. I want them making eye contact and talking to the parents and saying, man, I am glad you are here. And then be positive and uplifting throughout uh, the practice and the drills. Those are, are huge. Positive reinforcement. You got the correction there to help kids out. And one thing that we didn't mention throughout this whole thing, probably because I know we're definitely on the same page, but we're not playing zone. And the, the reason that I say that is um, you'll have some coaches who are like, well, I'm just going to figure out the, the way to win. They don't mean anything bad by it. Like if your high school kid like randomly throws in a two, three zone, they're not this bad, evil person, right? They just, they just haven't thought, oh, our third and fourth graders probably sh shouldn't be playing zone. They're not getting the best out. So just go up. Lightly say, hey, that's not quite how, you know, we're trying to develop our kids. We're teaching them how to play man-to-man -man defense. And that's that's really important. Now, I, I will say I had the chance to run a couple of exposure camps for uh, college prospects this year. So these are high school kids trying to play college basketball. And we would have some of our coaches running 2-3 zone during a college exposure camp. Now that made me mad, right? Because it literally says like no zone, right? We're not playing zone. We, we got to see how these kids these kids play and we got kids sitting back in two three zone because the random coach wants to win their exhibition game that nobody cares if they win or not because that's an exposure camp right um so that's a whole nother another tangent but to be able to make sure regardless of who's coaching your kids that you know, we have some things in place everybody's going to get to play we're trying to what you mentioned emphasizing a specific skill and then getting the chance chance to do it. You're, you're getting after it. You're teaching them some solid man-to-man -man principles and, and we're playing and having some fun. 
Uh, yeah, the checklist is brilliant, and I'm definitely stealing it. And if the coaches listen out here, I would steal it too, and it could change every week. You know, the the main points stay the same as far as, you know, attire and things like that. But maybe you that's where you put your emphasis. Uh, offense, we want to work on passing and cutting this week. Defense, we want to be able to see, you know, your man in the ball. And that mm -hmm. way, because people don't know what they don't know, and that'll clear up, you know, any confusion that you assume that a, a high school coach knows or you assume that a parent volunteer by a quick checklist. Um, no, I love that idea, and I'm definitely going to be stealing it. Um, and it, uh, coaches should steal that. Give it, plus, it's going to help out that parent. Maybe they're just volunteering because there's there's no one else. It happens. Like, hey, I never, you know, I didn't play basketball in high school. I'm just volunteering. I do some t-ball, so I know the kids. Uh, oh, sweet! I gotta. These are some things I need to look for on offense, defense. You're giving them me a blueprint of three things that each. Sweet, makes my job easier. They're going to appreciate that. So I love the idea. Yeah, that's huge. And and from a school house league standpoint, um, wear your school gear, wear the school sweatshirt or t-shirt or long sleeve shirt or wear your shooting shirt from the night before. Um, but what are all these little ways that you can positively, you know, reflect your, your program and to try to get that, that out there. So, like I said, you know, we're not going to wear flip-flops and pajamas. We're going to wear, you know, shorts or basketball type sweatpants. We're going to wear a, a T-shirt or long sleeve shirt that says, you know, Brown City basketball or Charlevoix basketball or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and if that volunteer coach, like if somebody's volunteering to be a coach, they should be getting some free gear. Yeah, for sure. They That's better be getting a free T-shirt to wear every Saturday at the very least. Like the, the, all those things can go a, a really long way. Coach, anything that um, you wanted to to add as we finish out this episode? I think this has been really beneficial. Our Coaches Edge members, you're going to get a little presentation of some of the things we talked about, and then more that I'm that I'm piecing together as well for your youth basketball league this winter. But um, Coach, anything that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I totally. Uh, I apologize. I I left this out, so it's it's important enough that I want to mention, but it's just going to be out of place. Is for our K2 program, we didn't play necessarily games with them. So their highlight was during um, halftime of the boys and varsity, girls varsity games, we'd try to do two uh, each, so maybe four total. They would come out and they would perform a halftime dribbling routine. So I'd lead them through this, and it was a huge hit. Um, they would walk out, and they're just, you know, little tykes. They're in kindergarten, first grade. They all had a ball. We'd all give them, you know, a green shirt or a Brown city shirt. And we would go through this routine and they were so attentive. Like every time I would yell or blow the whistle, they're holding, they're in triple threat. They're ripping, you know, they're doing different types of pivots. They're dribbling, they're crossing over. And it was really, really cool. And we of course played music, some crazy trains, some uh, space jam. And then I'd play the, the Harlem Globetrotters theme. And as it progressed, um, what would happen by the end of the year, they would each have a little time to kind of show off in front of the main crowd. So they'd rotate, they'd be in a line and they'd rotate up to the front of the line. So that way their parents can get their pictures. They're out there dribbling at halftime. And some of them would be like, I want two basketballs. So they would dribble two basketballs and everyone would like lose their mind and go crazy because it's this first grader dribbling two basketballs or they'd have a little time to show off. Um, so I just thought that was something I completely blanked on. I apologize. And uh, but I was definitely worth mentioning. Um, as far as um, something you can do with your youth basketball program, especially the K2 program. So if you have any questions on that, let me know. I'll send you a couple of videos of ours. I definitely want to see what that, what that looked like. Um, Cause it's a great idea. 
get your youth basketball program involved in some of the halftime or between that JV and varsity game, get them involved out on the court a little bit to strut their stuff. Uh, and again, it's a program builder. It is, is a way to help build that, that culture and show everybody, Hey, this is what we're all about. Like we're, we're a family, we're a community. We're in this, we're in this together. Uh, it's a fantastic idea. And I'm definitely glad that, that you mentioned it. So uh, coaches, thank you for listening to the coach's edge podcast. Thank you for everything that you guys are doing. Keep up the great work, have an awesome basketball season, have an awesome youth basketball program. Um, coach Tro and myself are pretty pretty passionate if you can't tell about about this area and the, the development of of young people uh, and using basketball as a tool to do that so if there's anything that we can do for you please uh, let us know um, and as always uh, positive rating and review is certainly appreciated uh, with the coach's edge podcast coach last words i'll leave it to you oh have fun with the kids enjoy it um you know make a difference in their lives uh, every time that a player whether it's kindergarten up to sixth grade, eighth grade, they walk to the gym, you have an opportunity to make their day. And I think that's a special responsibility they have. So, you know, don't take it for granted and make the most of it. Thank you for listening and get after today. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Thank you to Coach Troshak for taking the time to talk some hoop, youth basketball development, one of my favorite, favorite topics. If you found it beneficial, please share it out and leave a positive rating and review. That would be like your Christmas present to me, regardless of what part of the country that you're listening in right now. Like, you know, I'm going to give Coach Kramer uh, a Merry Christmas present and we'll leave a positive rating and review. That would be certainly appreciated. If there's anything that I can do for you, please reach out and let me know. We're running a bunch of youth basketball clinics over this Christmas break period. And I can't wait to hit the ground running in 2022 with all the things that we have through coachesedge.coach and our membership site, serving coaches around the country. And obviously with Kramer basketball, traveling, running camps, clinics, really exciting stuff. Can't wait to get after it. So uh, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, everything else that you guys are celebrating, um, finish strong, love on the people around you. Uh, every time that you're around somebody, you got a chance to leave them a little better or worse. So make sure that you're, you're present with the time that you spend around people. Make sure that you leave them better and with the words that you say, with the body language that you have. Um, never underestimate the impact that you can make when you're around somebody. And I know we got a bunch of great coaches that listen and, and you're going to do those things moving into the new year and over the holiday season. So thanks again. God bless. Get after it today.